Well, let me tell you a little something about me. When it's Saturday night, I need to blow off some steam. One, two, three, four! Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Equipment Talk from IRA. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I got a special guest here. My name is Colonel Ray Henry, and I have a special guest on, and it is Don Henry. So, uh, what brought you in here today? I asked you to. You asked me to come in. I mean, I don't know what else. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I did ask him to come in. And I just wanted to know there's a couple things that, um, you know, you, you do around at the IRAY uh, job sites and locations and everything else. What kind of is, what, um, what brought you, I know that, you know, that you're part of the family, that's part of it, but what brought your interest really back into working with equipment and working with the auctions that you are today? Well, I've always actually wanted to be in sales ever since I was a little kid when you were, you had the car, car lots. <laughs> I, I always did. And, um, you know, I got pulled away from it cause moving around and I did tree removal for quite a, quite a lot of years, but, um, it was time to quit that and get back to what I really wanted to do. Well, that's, that's what brought me back. So what, what interests you so much in the sales part of, uh, selling equipment or just selling, do you like selling like pots and pans and stuff too, or? No, I don't like messing around with that little stuff. It's, <laughs> it's way too time consuming to uh, for for the outcome that you get. I mean, there's other people that love doing it, and that's just not my thing. I would I I like the equipment much more. I like dealing with the people through the auctions and selling stuff outright as well. So, what makes the equipment interesting to you? I guess what can you explain? What makes some of that? it interesting to me? Yeah. Well, for one thing, there's so many different types, you know, of equipment uh, brands. Um, you know, you got. Well, lots of different types of equipment, dozers, loaders, along with your, then you get into your, the trucking industry as well. Um, there's just, there's so many different things that it's, it, it keeps you, uh, should I say not researching, but it keeps your, your knowledge up because you're learning something new every single day from these people as well. And the equipment. So what do you, um, what do you all do at iRay as far as uh, type of work and everything else? And I mean, and the audience here, they, I don't know, they haven't heard you on a podcast here or anything like that, but uh, they would, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's interesting because they'd like to know kind of how the inner works for um, IRA companies. And and I guess, you know, this is not just about IRA. We're going to kind of see what it's, uh, how Donnie ticks here over at IRA. So it kind of shows how IRA uh, represents itself. And not only that, the knowledge background that uh, helps us be or IRA be the best, right? Yeah, well, as as I already said, you, you're learning every single day. Um what I do here, I mean, I, I wear quite a few different hats here, um, you know, it's, but it takes that and, and we all kind of do here, you know, and we're, uh, you know, we're, we're a family. I mean, as far as from not just us, but the people we work with too, uh, we're just, we consider everybody a family. So you adopt people along the way, huh? Well, pretty much. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The yep. good or the bad, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you got to take the good with the bad. So now, as far as on the equipment end of it, and I know that you like selling stuff that's more higher dollar or what, what's the highest dollar item that, you know, that you've got to sell as an individual and not, let's not talk auction because I know that, uh, you know, we've had 
plants that we've sold that were over a million two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for an asphalt plant that you know but we're talking about a piece of equipment what um what's kind of the highest number that you've uh, worked with or sold in your days that you've been in with ira well i guess i can't tell you an exact dollar amount but i mean it's been in the hundreds of thousands um but I just, I guess I don't concentrate on that. I concentrate on getting that one done, getting that sold for our customer and moving on to the next one and helping out the next customer. So what makes you a good customer relations person to sell or anybody or even IRA or whoever? What makes you who you are? Well, I mean, here's the thing about it. And, and I hear people saying they appreciate it all the time is I tell them everything that's wrong down to whatever little thing I see, even if a bolt's missing off of a door or something like that, you know, off the, off the inside of the door. So I'll you really let, inspect them, huh? Well, yeah, I let them know that because they're going to see it when they get there. And the, you hear some of these horror stories about people showing up to places and it's not what you said it was it, or nothing like that. You know, I, I hear it from a lot of times and they, people respect it and they like it. They appreciate have, the honesty. Have you had anybody say to you that it, it wasn't what you said it was? Uh, yeah, but he was just a disgruntled person oh. <laughs> because it was exactly what I told him it was, but he, I think he was just having a bad day, but you know, everybody has those days, but he was no. expecting maybe more than what, you know, he was looking at a rosier picture than what you were painting, huh? Well, I think that uh, he must have misread the ad when it said 2012. He thought it was a 2020, too. <laughs> so, you know, but, um, you know, I just, again, the honesty is key. Yeah. Now, so um, let's say that if you were going to consign equipment in and everything like that, what makes you different from, you know, other companies and other people out there that are handling, uh, you know, these people with the equipment and so on and so forth? Well, I guess I'm not just going to speak for myself. I can speak for all of us is that when people are consigning here, you're not just a number. I mean, you're, we're a family owned, family run company. We appreciate people bringing in their equipment, no matter big or small, it doesn't matter. We, we just appreciate it because without every, without them bringing the stuff in, we wouldn't be here. That's true. That's true. So, but I mean, what kind of sets you apart? I know the family part, I get that, you know what I mean? Where you kind of treat them like family. So that way that if, if they don't like what you're, they're going to hear, you're still going to tell them, but maybe you're going to be a little softer with them, you know, than you would be with a guy standing there that's your brother, maybe or something, right? Oh yeah, definitely. You gotta, you gotta watch what you say a little bit. I mean, this is still, you know, it's, you're, we're still doing business and they're, that's their, you know, you're worried about their bottom line as well. Okay. So now, um, in your thoughts or your recommendations, if let's say that if somebody has a piece of equipment and it's at their site and it's, let's say it's two hours away, what would you recommend them to do before you get into selling their equipment or anything like that? What, what kind of things would you, um, recommend to them before you'd even take that piece of equipment or sell it? What, what, uh, what is your take on that? Would you tell them to haul it in? Would you tell them to get you some, you know, some information or this or that? Or what, what would you do? Well, you first always start off with the information. See what they're looking for, what their needs are, what they're able to do. Um, it just depends because you have some companies where, I mean, a lot of people just leave in their own yards and that works for them. It saves them on hauling and everything else. Um, but, you know, there are other customers that say, hey, I just want to bring it into you and you guys just take care of everything. Because they, they, they have full trust in us. So when COVID hit, let's say, right, COVID hit and um, uh, you had hundreds of people coming here for the auction and now you had to switch everything. How did that transition work for you? And, and what did you do when people want to bring it here and you really, you know, that's a tough role, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it's people are still welcome to bring the stuff in, but we actually transition so that people don't have to because the way we were doing it before, we were doing the quarterly auctions before a year, and pretty much everything had to be here. We sold some stuff off-site, but not very much because we weren't really very well-known for it. But now people, it's 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 changed the whole thing, the way we do stuff here, auction week and everything. I mean, when the equipment was coming here, it was definitely a lot more work. I mean, I'd be out there at 5 30 6 o'clock in the morning lining up the lot so it's in lot order and it looks dress right dress so when people come in here they can just go right down the line and, and everything was right there easy for them to find um but you know now it's it they took that part away from it but uh you know now it's you're, you're talking to people you can't physically look at that piece of equipment because it's it may because we sell stuff all over yeah and uh you know you can't exactly i can't go to I mean, I could, but, you know, go over to Brownsville and inspect something for somebody, you know, so you got to just, you got to put your faith and trust in the people that you're selling for that they are being honest with you because ultimately that person's calling to talk to you to see how that piece of machinery is. And so they have to trust you or else they're not going to bid on it. So you're in your eyes or your way of looking at it, you think that um, a, a business should be reputable would be a business anyways, right? Exactly. And then if they're reputable and you're reputable, then, you know, it should be a pretty good match. And uh, so what do you ask them for to help your customers purchase that piece and, 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 and really pay, you know, f accordingly? Well, for one thing, you ask for 100% honesty, because when you're, again, it's our reputation on the line when we're talking to people and we're telling them what this piece of equipment is and they buy it, they show up there, it's not what you said it was. They're not holding the owner accountable for that. They're holding us accountable for that. So we need to be able to, as I said, we need to trust the people that we are selling equipment for as well, that they are being honest with us. So do you come out and tell the customer that, hey, you know, if you don't tell us this, that... Uh, we're not going to sell for you or how you handle that piece of it. Or in, in, let's say that somebody comes in and, and they looked at it and they said, you know what, that's not what you said. You said that it had this or had this or had that. How do you handle that piece of it? Well, with the customer, the way that I put it is I say, you know, if a transmission's bad in something, you know, just mention it because somebody could have a transmission for that truck or that unit whatever it may be, laying in their shop that they've already maybe had rebuilt or, or they got it from somewhere, an old truck they had, something, whatever. And they'll just, they'll pay better money for it because they'll just slap that one in that they have in their shop. And it's no big deal to them. But now if you don't tell them that the transmission is bad in it and they get it, well, for one thing, they're not going to be happy. And it's, so then it makes us both look bad at that point because, you know, you, you can say, well, you're going to talk to the customer, so they're going to say straight out, well, nobody ever said that the transmission was bad, you know, so that it takes away your, you know, a bit of your reputation, I guess. Or integrity, huh? Yeah, you're, yeah. So you want to make sure that people are understanding and, and that, um, you know, that what happens when you don't tell and what happens when you do tell. Well, exactly, because trying to hide stuff, these people deal with the stuff every single day. That's why I said I don't hide even the littlest things when I'm selling some to somebody because they deal with this stuff every day. They're going to see it. They're going to see exactly what it is when they get there. So why not be honest with them? So for that, for us to be able to do that at the auctions when stuff is offsite, these people need to be honest with us. So when you went and switched to the online, you know, version of it, because everything gets sold online, correct? Yes. Okay. So on the online version, what, what do you feel that um, makes you different from the other auction companies out there? 
on your online? I mean, for your customers, is it is it easier? Is it harder? You know, what's making it, you know, what what makes you stand out on your online comparably to other companies like yourself? Well, there's a lot of auction companies that they just do timed auctions, which they do what's called a soft close. They just time it out and then somebody bids, it adds on time. And that, which actually we we do our pre-bidding. And I know there's a couple other auction companies out there that do it like that. Um, but you know, we've been doing it like that since we switched to to online only. We've been doing it like that the whole time that we after the uh the pre-bidding is closed, then we open it up just like if it was live auction. So we still give people the touch and the feel of a live auction while they can sit in the comfort of their home and bid. So what you're referring to is the simulcast. The simulcast, yep. yeah. Yeah. And I think that even before that, Donnie, they would um, you know, uh basically we we've had a soft close all the way up to an auction that we've been doing since we started the auctions because it gives people viewing time and it gives them enough time to bid on things. Yeah, the pre-bidding. The pre-bid, exactly. And then it switched over to the simicast online because it, you know, you call a live event. A live event is when a guy stand out in front of you and you're well, it's, live. It's it's considered live online because sure. you're online, but because you hear the and you're hear live, the you can hear the auctioneer, but nobody's here in person. Yeah. So in um in your opinion, as far as uh, the um, auctions and the equipment, as far as getting it in and getting it logged in, do you see do you see a, much of a change down the road? What's going on with what we're what's going with the auction industry from what you know what you're experiencing, or how do you see you know yourself in five years from now? How do you see, or haven't you really thought about looking that far forward? Well, I mean, here's the thing is I think that we're going to continue doing it this way. I don't think that I would go back to live events where people are here in person. Um, you know, there are certain circumstances where if, if somebody's selling out a company and that's what they want, well, then, you know, then that's what you're going to do. But um, a lot of people are getting away from that. It's pretty much just the old school that are kind of adamant about that. Yet. Do you think a live event would get more money than a, than a simicast? Well, we've proven that, that the simicast gets better money. And do you think it's because people don't get to see enough to make a good choice or, or do you think it's just convenience? I think it's really just convenience because there, there, you know, there are still a lot of people that like to put their hands on it, like to put their eyes on it and see the actual piece and they can still do that. They're more than welcome to, you know, we put them in contact so that they can go and, you know, look at the equipment and whatnot. But, um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change the way that we're doing it right now. Besides the fact that we are branching out, we're growing, you know, we have, uh, uh, actually two territorial managers out in Wisconsin right now. And we are, we're actually going to be, we're going to get probably two more on out there. Cool. Um, we have, we have people in Iowa, South Dakota, and we're just going to continue branching out from there. So you're saying that somebody wants to come on and, and work a portion of Iowa or something like that, they could call you up and say, Hey, I'm looking for, you know, some territory out there. Is that okay? And, and, um, and is that something you'd look at? Oh, definitely. Yep. Even, uh, you know, North Dakota, any of the states that we're in right now, even Minnesota, we're, we were looking for, uh, you know, a couple people down in the Southern Minnesota, Northern Minnesota area too. I mean, so we're, we're looking for people in all the states that we're in right now. And then, um, the way that I see this going is once those are all filled up, we get those going, then we're going to branch out a little bit farther and continue branching out like that from the inside out. So you feel you're going to have more auctions a, a, a month then? Is that what you're kind of looking at? Because right now it's every four to six weeks, right? Yep, every four to six weeks. It will turn into where, you know, as you get more and more people on and you get to where, uh, well, hey, we got, a, you know, 2,000 pieces. Well, pretty hard to do that in one day. 
I mean, I well, realize there's other companies. More that just, than one ring you could do, right? You could, yeah. But, you know, if you're if you're branched out in other states down, you know, down south a little bit farther or whatnot, you know, you're going to you're going to do those states together. And once so basically once you're branching out and you have four state area or whatnot, then you're you know, then you're going to do those four states because it's uh, you can't you you just wouldn't do that all in one day. You couldn't do it. So you're probably going to be looking at an auction a week. And you mean in one ring? Well, one ring, yes. In one day. You can do you could do 5,000 things in a day if you have enough rings going on, right? Well, definitely, yeah. And that is that is something that, um, you know, we're things are still going to change a little bit here coming up in the future. But, you know, as far as uh, that goes, we're I think we're doing good with what we have right now. And we're going to continue to grow. So today, if you had, uh, let's say, 2,000 pieces, you know, that you're going to do for an auction, and, and it could be one company or, or several companies, right? So what would you recommend to, you know, to the auction if you, or how would you handle the auction as far as if you had that many pieces for an auction? What would you end up looking, how would you look at that or how would you uh, set that up? Well, I guess you'd have to look at what kind of pieces you have first. And if you have, like, we, we always have lots of attachments on and things like that. Um, but at that point right now, at this point in time, if you had 2000 pieces on an auction from this area, well, you'd make it a two day sale okay. is what you do. Then you do equipment one day, trucks and trailers another day, you know, just split up the industries and do it that way. And then with that smaller stuff, you could just always run a second ring. That's, you know, maybe just a timed auction. Okay. Or soft close. Soft close. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Might well, be a time soft close, right? Yeah. So um, with that being said, what is, uh, what is kind of your, um, let's say this year. Okay. A lot of things are, you've probably got a rhythm. Things are happening this year and they're kind of falling into place. What kind of was the biggest surprise pieces that you've sold or we've, or that you've sold at the auction in uh, at IRA for you this year? What was kind of the most ones that stand out the most yeah what stands out well i would say because we've actually had some pretty nice equipment on this on the sales this year i mean things have been bringing really good money um we've had some nicer newer stuff on the auctions which we always do but you know um i guess we had we've had a lot of high dollars stuff that sold um like for example that 980m that we just sold where did that, that end was, up going that ended up going to cleveland ohio yep wow okay also, you're selling. So, if if you were selling out of different states, it doesn't matter. It's going to go to other states as well, right? It, it goes to other states as well. We're we're worldwide. I mean, we send stuff to Egypt. Uh, we send it all over the world. And we, I have people that I deal with on a on a uh, constant basis that are overseas buyers. So they're always telling me when they have new things that they're looking for or whatnot. But I mean, I I know what they're looking for because I stay in contact with them. So we've seen the housing market drop in the uh, you know in the area here and stuff in the last few months because of interest rates and, and um, supply and demand and, and things of that nature. And, you know, the housing market has went probably pretty high. So I know that, um, you know, with that being said, how do you feel the foreign industry is doing, you know, does that, is that given you more of a leverage with the equipment having that, uh, that ability to sell to the foreign industry? And, and if so, is there, just particular units that sell there or in what's kind of the take on that? It is just particular units. I mean, they don't, uh, they don't buy the newer stuff yet. I mean, they're getting into the newer stuff, but you know, the, the newest stuff that I've saw them buy 
or that's went over there so far is probably that 06 models because they don't they don't like dealing with all those computers and everything um or maybe they don't have the support for the technology there either yeah exactly Mm -hmm. yep um but i mean you give them an older machine over there they can fix it themselves and they're they're back up and running they don't have to call in an expensive so are are you talking like mexico or are you talking what what parts of the country well, I guess any parts of the country, the parts that we've all sold to, like even Africa, you know, I, I talked to a gentleman out of Africa, you know, I got, uh, you know, everything, how they do stuff, how it works, everything like that. I mean, so business owners over in the other countries and stuff, if you own a business, you're, you're doing pretty good. But if you're a worker, that's all you're ever going to be is a worker. You know, you can't make your way out of that, huh? You can't. No. Why is it nope. political or? Uh, well, you know, every country has their politics too, but, um, that's, it's just the way that it is. They can't, if they don't have the money, they're, they're, they're just, they're living day to day is what so you're doing. So you're saying in America, you got some, you got some freedom to make some money is what you're saying and, and some opportunity. And, and if you do that, you, you have, you can actually move up and own your own business and, and, uh, and possibly make a, a good living is what you're saying, right? Well, exactly. Yep. And even with the foreign market, I mean, like I said, they have their, they have their politics too. They, they, Canada has the same thing going on, you think? Um, well, I don't think I'll get too much into that, but uh, yeah, yep, they do. Uh, but uh, yeah, even with uh, sending stuff overseas, they have it so where they're, they're living three months at a time. You know, they'll tell them, yep, you can, you can buy stuff out of the United States. Okay, nope, right now. You can't buy nothing. These containers that you have right now already pre-bought, that's all you can ship back. So anything else that they're buying, and it has to do with the international banks and things like that too for, you know, the the money that they're sending out and bringing in and stuff. So there's there's a lot, there's a lot to to deal with that deals with that part of it, but uh again, they have their politics stuff just like we do. Yeah. Well, and you know the thing about it is is that uh you know, you you've seen it from the get-go. I mean, there's like I said, hundreds of people are even up to thousands at, at an auction. And in today, are you seeing, what are you seeing with the work that's going on? Because, you know, we've been talking about equipment going autonomous. We've talking about, you know, the deaf systems that are on this equipment. We're talking about, you know, going to just electrical with uh, backup generators on some of these dozers and stuff like this. Uh, how do you really see that in your eyes with the auction industry and with equipment coming in, you think people are going to, as soon as electrics are coming out more so that they're going to get rid of this other equipment quicker or are they going and go to autonomous or what, do you, how do you see that? Well, I guess all I can say about that is from dealing with these, uh, uh, construction owners on a day-to-day basis, it's going to take a lot for, to get all of them to switch over to electric, just like no different than electric cars. You know, it's going to take a lot to get everybody to convert over to it. Um, will they get more popular with the people? Yeah. Well, when they see what they can do, because you know, they, they're an electric dozer is a pushing machine. I mean, it is, it's pretty hard to stop them, but you still have to get these people to switch and they, they don't, they don't want to do it because it's basically they're getting pretty much forced to do it. And so they're, they're fighting back, but by, you know, they, people, people will switch, but it's going to take a long time. How long is a long time? You talking five years, ten years, well, twenty I, years, I can't, thirty years? You know, I can't see into the future, <laughs> but um, it's it's we're gonna have your regular diesel powered units around for a long time yet. 
So you're thinking that um, these guys with diesel-powered units, and if they all have to go to a higher standard of of, uh, of emissions, what what do you? I mean, do you see that 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 uh, the counties or the cities are pushing for that as well and adopting what um, federal government's saying about you know cleaning up your air, cleaning up and emissions and all these kinds of things? Do you see that coming out quicker, or how do you see that? Well, you know, for one thing, they can try to make people change all that they want as fast as they want to try to. But the thing is, you still have to produce the equipment. That's what that's the trouble people are running into right now. They can't get new equipment. So if everybody has to order all electric equipment and stuff, well, they can't just come in and say, no, inside these city limits, you have to have electric or you can't do it because. Well, didn't they do that in California, the trucks? Uh, yeah, and look for, how that turned out for them. For the loading docks and stuff, wasn't it something like that? Oh, yeah, they're making everybody switch over to electric everything, and now look at their power grids can't take it. So that tells you, uh, you know, how what common sense took to make that happen. <laughs> yeah, well, <clears throat> I know that, um, you know, that you were talking before we talked about this was containers. You weren't getting some of the containers or things that were coming in from the ports, right? Yep, and it's all because uh, it was because of California. Because they made the people, you had to be union, you had to have an electric truck to get into the ports and so that really slowed down it's slowed it down you had a lot of ships sitting there waiting to get unloaded because they couldn't find the people to get in there to do it or they had the people but they couldn't find enough people so so that's what really slowed it down while well, they said you know what forget it then we're they're dropping at other ports well, they turned around, went to a different port and dropped off so they could get it back over here. <laughs> yeah, instead of sitting out on the water for, you know, two months, yeah, you know, waiting to get unloaded, they went to other ports there, you know, because California is not the only port that there is. But uh, so you're shipping in from other countries, right? Oh, yeah, we ship it. Yep. So yep. we get some equipment and some uh, other types of uh, tools and attachments, that kind of thing. Yep. Yep. They come over on containers. And that's why we saw it, you know, the things that happen, which I guess people really I don't want to say you're a common person, but your everyday person doesn't see. I mean, we see it all firsthand with uh, from the trucking market starting to, you know, go down. And because of what? Fuel? Because of high, high fuel prices. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they don't want to, you know, they don't want to pay for the loads, basically. So somebody else doesn't want to pay them for their fuel. So basically they got to work for a week what they used to be able to do in two days. Well, exactly. Yeah, I talked to people and they said, you know what, I'm parking my truck. I, it took me 10 days to make what I made in three days a month ago. And they said, and I, you're just breaking even. So there's no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. So if you, uh, if you had to look at, you know, with what's happened with the trucking, what's happened with electric demand, what's happening with in the auction industry or in the sales industry, What's going to come about with all of this excess equipment once they start putting electric out and everything else? What? How do you feel that? Is that going to go? Is that going to stay here in the United States? Is that going to go to countries that don't have so many more laws and regulations? Or how, how's that? How do you see how that happening? Well, you're still going to have your people that just use the equipment every great once in a while. They're still going to be using the diesel-powered equipment. Um, but yes, there will be. But the overseas, they only take certain things. They only want certain things because of their reliability and you know there's just so many factors that weigh into it so they're going to change just like we do a little bit but um you know you're still going to have your companies your smaller companies your farmers you know people like that that will still use the diesel powered equipment 
Well, and you know, the thing about it is, is that I, you know, we, we, it's hard to predict a future hundred percent, just depending upon what gets built and how they build it. You know, they could have alternative fuels, um, such as solar, you know, like you're saying electric, but solar power to power up them or off a grid, like you're talking and, or a diesel generator that generates, that gives them the power, or, you know, there's going to be a lot of things. And I just, we'd like to see what's going to happen in the future here, but, uh, you know, we, uh, uh, we see the auction industry is probably not going away for a while. Is what you're saying? No, the auction industry isn't going anywhere for a very, very long time. I mean, it's been around for forever. And why do you think that is? Well, because for one, people enjoy them. For two, they, you know, it's, I, there's, there's so many reasons that it's just, it isn't going to go anywhere for a long time. Uh, people, a lot of people don't trust salesmen. They'd rather go to an auction and if they got to go look at something or whatnot so that they know exactly what it is, they can bid accordingly. They like that better than having some high pressure salesman pushing them on a piece of equipment. Good. Well, Donnie, I think that, um, you know, I think that, you know, we, this is a good talk here today. And, um, you know, I'm kind of glad that uh, we got to talk about sales skills and, and things of that nature and, you know, and kind of seeing into the future what's going to happen with the auction industry. And I think you're right, because I think that back in the Egyptian time, you know, that uh, when the pharaohs, uh, somebody that was one of the higher ups that actually got taken and brought in, you know, to, uh, uh, let's say a county, you know, they took care of that county or that state or whatever you want to call it, you know what I mean? They broke up. If, if, if the person was collecting that money passed away, then that whole family had to move out of there because somebody in the family couldn't just take over. And they didn't just give those items so that they could sell them out to somebody else, but they did have an auction and, and they'd have an auction amongst the other ones that were county or cities that were actually taking care of the Pharaoh's land or whatnot. So I think the, the auction part, you're right. You know, it, it, uh, it's going to be here. It's been here for a long time and, uh, it might change, like you said, you know, just different way of doing it. Right. Yep. But at the same time, I think that it'll stick around. So, but no further ado, I think that, uh, we're gonna, uh, you know, take and just, uh, make the best out of it and we're going to embrace technology and we're going to move forward. And, uh, and again, Donnie, I want to thank you for coming out here today. Uh, this is the equipment talk from IRA. And uh, it's Ray, Colonel Ray Henry, and we want to thank you, as all you, for listening to the podcast. And if you have something that you'd like to hear about or talk about sometime down the road, we're going to be bringing individuals in from different industries that will actually give us an insight of different technology and also different views. So, again, thank you, Donnie. We're signing out. Thank you.